Got the clap. I've got the clap. <laughs> How you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Are you nervous? I'm nervous. <laughs> Why are you nervous? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you're going to say something. Depends on what you ask me. I'm not nervous, but it is it is a different kind of setup from... Before we begin, cheers. Cheers. When's the last time we had a beer? I don't remember. I normally usually make a joke saying I don't need another bad seven years of sex when you cheers, but I wasn't going to do that with my sister, and now I've made it awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've never heard of that, though. So a lot of people, I've yeah. actually asked for you to come on. Hmm? A lot of people have asked asked me, be like, take your sister on, we want to hear about your sister's story, which okay. is kind of good, right? Yeah. So I'm going to start with... Go on. I'm actually the only person in my family that's technically not a refugee. Yeah, <laughs> Do you want to tell him a bit about that? Yeah, so... Um, Bring the mic a little bit closer, a little bit closer. Yeah, yeah. yeah there you go, that's better, yeah. <laughs> tell him, tell him how it happened, who was born where, because I want people to know a little bit about like the family, because in all honesty, my, my sister does a lot for the family, we do things... I do certain things. She does, I'm not going to lie, a lot more than I do. And she's been a part of the whole movement from my family moving from Turkey to the UK. How old were you when you came? Two. Two, fuck. Do you remember yeah. it? No, fuck me. <laughs> I do remember, like, I remember certain things like airports, not from two, but between the travel, like going back to see family because dad didn't go to Turkey for 14 years, don't forget. Oh, yeah. So me and mum would travel on our own. This was before you, because mum found out she was pregnant from you when she was in Turkey, when we went for one of my uncle's funerals. Really? Yeah. So, so wait, hold on. In what? 91? No, 92. Uh, Mid-91, so because you were born early 92. Yeah. We, went out, we went out there for, that was the first time me and mum go back since yeah. they moved here. Yeah. And it was in that move that mum found out that she was pregnant from you. And how old were you then? Six? I was, five. I would have been four or five because we're five yeah. and a half years. Do you apart. remember her? I remember her finding out she was pregnant. Was she happy, sad? She was happy. She was excited. But don't forget, I was the one that kept stamping around going, I want a baby brother. I want a baby sister. <laughs> I bet you regret that now. <laughs> <laughs> no. I bet, was there times, times that you did regret it? No, there are times I thought the little fuck face. <laughs> I, I wanted him in my life. Yeah. Would you have preferred a sister? Um, no, because... <laughs> you as a character are strong anyway, but yeah. then the like the the brother sister dynamic is really nice because it taught me to it taught it taught it taught me male banter. So growing up, when I was a, a lot around guys as well, I was always very laddish as well. At some point, in my yeah, life. yeah. Well, you've got a pint of fucking beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was it it. I liked it. I liked that I could get guy banter because you were always around and you kept me on my toes with all of that shit yeah so it kept me clued up did mum and dad like obviously one thing about like people falling pregnant right now in these days is like it's such a big thing where like oh there's a balloon boop pink blue what is it boy girl whatever i don't know um so there was a whole big situation about those sort of events nowadays yeah what happened when mum announced 
Oh, what's the announcement? It's like, oh, I'm pregnant. Because <laughs> that's it's usually this. They're really casual about that stuff, right? Well, yeah, they are. Of course, they are. She was like, oh, she did the pregnancy test. We were at Kyamjas at one of my uncle's houses, and then mum went, oh, I got a call because there were no phones in the house. She had to go to the local shop. What they couldn't call international so she had to go to the local shop and pay the shopkeeper to make an international call so you, it was there you, li- you literally got like jetons like you'd throw in pay boxes yeah and you did that in a shop and she called dad to let dad know you were pregnant and apparently dad was like yeah okay <laughs> that's it that was probably just cool <laughs> yep cool no problem um i'll see you when you're back i'll tell you what though i was probably more excited than anyone in the family that i was getting a sibling yeah probably because i think you know they've got more things to worry about right at that time in their life, about. they're like yeah. they're worrying more so about, I guess, bills to pay and whatnot. Because like, what sort of financial situation was mum and dad in at that point? Do so you remember any of that? I do. So we were living in Tottenham, uh, Kitchener Road. Yeah. Sixty nine Kitchener Road. Yeah. And um, so we council were living. House. No, we were we were renting. We yeah. weren't in council. Oh, were then. we? We were renting then, but it was it was a massive house, and the upstairs, Uncle Aunt and Gunrabla stayed. Gunrabla yeah. stayed in. Yeah. And um, the downstairs was us. So how do we get into a council house? Because that's all I remember. So after you were born, mum had to have another eye operation. Yep. And obviously finances weren't good and yep. we needed a bit of support then. Yeah. So that was the point that m- we approached and said, like, we need, we need, ca- like, we need housing. Yeah. So you were... So we moved to East London from Tottenham. Yeah. We moved to Boundary Road and then... Oh, next to New City Primary... Next, to, my, next yes. to the primary school. Yes. Yeah, that's right. So when we moved there, we moved there first. Then mum had the operation. She couldn't see. There was like... she There was uh, there was about a three-month period where she couldn't move after you were born. So she had really? two major operations. Right, it was created, after me. <laughs> created that much damage. Yeah. So <laughs> after me, she had a major eye operation. And yeah. that's the one where she lost the vision in. And then... The oh. second one was after you were born. So she so she went through, which I'm guessing, two really bad periods after both of us were born. Okay. And she also had the miscarriage as well, if you remember. Yeah, so if we, can you tell people a little bit about that, please? Because I've, I've explained certain bits about, like, family and stuff here, here and there, but not to a depth that you know. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Because I kind of feel like I've been so distracted trying to do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, you've actually been more... In involved and know everything that happens yeah. more so than I do. Do you know what I mean? Well, they come up in conversations, and um, this this conversation is like mum doesn't speak about in in front of dad much because culturally it's not a it's not a man's realm to to talk about this, is it? Well, in their age and in that time, yeah. So it was it was over the years. It was me and mum talking, and mum explained to me what she was going through. The biggest thing I remember about my mum is, which is now completely different, is she spent most of her what would be her late thirties and forties very lonely and yeah. isolated. Now, the baby, so after I was born, mum had, uh, mum fell pregnant with uh, a, a child number two. And she had a full pregnancy and she lost the baby at eight and a half months. If it was in this country, they would have saved the baby's life. Oh, shit. And that was yes. a, that would have mean I would have had an older brother. You, it would've, you would have had an older brother who would have had 11 months between me and him. Oh, snap. Yeah, so we would have been really, really close. And it was after that that mum didn't want any more children, hence oh. my tantrums. Okay. So she didn't yeah. want to go through that experience again. And for people that don't know about what she experienced in the hospital, oh. it's going to be really weird for people to hear, but I want people to hear it because a lot of people... 
people think they go through trauma. People think they go through bad times. I'm not saying they don't, but listen to what she's going to say, what my mum went through about the kid that she lost, yeah. my older brother that she lost. And I don't think that would ever happen in the UK. It no. would never happen. It wouldn't happen in most places. And this is the sort of fucked up things that can happen and they just have no other choice but to keep moving. Do you know what I mean? So please tell them because I really want people to hear this. Okay, so um, eight and a half months pregnant, they go to a wedding. So me, pregnant mum and dad, they go to a wedding and it's, it is guest anticipated that she moved around and the baby's head dropped too low and the cordon got stuck around its neck. This is the aftermath of it. So she doesn't, she stops feeling the baby from moving. So the day after mum goes to the hospital and says, I can't feel the baby moving. So they check. She says that. She says she can't. No scan, nothing. She's just like. Yeah, she she, she doesn't feel the baby moving, which women don't. And they're advised to, even now, they go, go, go to the hospital. So she goes and they say to her, they listen, electrical equipment or not, I don't know. They listen and they say there's a heartbeat. So mum's on maternity by now, like, because she's on a maternity leave. Mum's a, mum's a civil servant. She's she's on maternity leave. So she comes home as if nothing's wrong. She trusts the doctor. She comes home. She's still worried about the no movement. And then the next day, mum and dad go to see aunt, Isafeteza. Yes. Right. So when they go to see Isafeteza, who works in a hospital, mum gets, mum feels faint. Okay. And um, what basically happens is the baby's, then dead baby's blood poisons my mum. Oh, shit. So, so where, where through the umbilical cord, the baby would get nourishment. It's now reversed, but it's now, they say poisoning. I don't know what the technical term yeah, of yeah, it yeah. is, but you know. Yeah. So long story short, mum gets really bad. They admit her in the hospital there and then. This okay. is in Kadiko Gostepe. Which is in Istanbul. Istanbul. And then um, she has to give birth to the baby. There and then. There and like there and then they induce the birth, the baby's passed, the baby's not alive. And at that point, eight months is a full it's a full baby. Like yeah. it's, it's it's ready. Yeah. It it, it's ready. it can breathe on its own. If it if it was born early, it'd breathe on its yeah, own. Yeah, 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 yeah. The shit bit after that is um so recovery, whatnot, I don't know what the times are on that. But they go to mum and dad, we don't have any space in the morgue. That, that's fucked. Yeah, it get, yeah, they go, we don't have any space in the morgue. You have to take the baby. So a dead baby. Yeah, yeah. The the baby she carried in her for eight and you a half months. You can't believe that, can you? That's the videographer, by the way. Mad, isn't it? That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it, 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 wait, it, it, this is the bit that it... This is the bit... This I would have haunted her for a while, I'm sure. She tells me stories about five, six years later where she's still dreaming and talking yeah. to the child and all of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and she mum's a mum believes so for her it's it's yeah, a yeah. spiritual sort of yeah. thing that she anyway so long story short they go you have to take the baby and mum goes what am I going to do where am I going to they end up putting it in the freezer at home until they find it a until they find it a cemetery but because there's no birth certificate there's no death certificate and because the baby's at home yeah past and in the freezer in the same house my mum and dad sleeping at and you yeah they chuck the freezer out apparently who wouldn't but then they so my uncle my youngest uncle who died of leukemia he they were doing his grave so in 
I don't know what the they time buried them together. They buried them at his foot, so he now yeah. he now rests with so uncle. The, so the reason I actually wanted my sister to share that it's a bit of actually it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of truth that people are like fucking hell doing. What are, you, what are you telling us that on the podcast? But I, it's it's to show the sort of traumas that happen to people in countries that are not as basically places where people are not as lucky as we are here today. Do you know what I mean? And I think people should really observe their data daily problems sometimes and be like, you know what? I'm not saying comparing it to my mum or any other situations, but all I'm saying is before you complain or you bitch, think about what the fuck you're bitching about. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're having a latte and it's a bit cold, like relax. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So like that's why I wanted that story explained. And it also shows the amount of suffering like people go through. Therefore, I think Do you know I have thick though? skin, you have thick skin. For that reason, because the parents are like, they've been through mad shit. That's like one story out of so many. So, do you know what I mean? This, so this is where this is where I think our fixed skin comes. Like we've, we've, With we've, what? So this is where our fixed skin yeah, comes. Yeah. Their attitude to stuff like this is, happens, deal with it. And and the fact, how can I say it? Like, she's gone through this trauma herself. She dealt with it herself. Like she didn't speak for it for years. I don't think she had the right support at the yeah. right time with it. Because as well. culturally, it's not right to not not right. Oh, you'll just have another child. Yeah, have another child. Yeah, like, you'll be hand. fine. Have, another, have child. another child. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you'll don't be cry. fine. Don't cry. Don't cry. My dad yeah. probably be like, she probably means well, obviously, but like, stop crying, stop crying. But really, and you know, Turkish people, Kurdish people, they're very emotionally like, like expressive, very expressive, passionate. Yeah, hence why when I'm really passionate on Instagram, you fucking see. You know what I mean? You can't see it on the chair. If I'm crying, you won't see it because it's too aggressive. I'm not putting that on the ground. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But yeah, it's very passionate, and hence I've seen why you cried though. Sharp. Where? <laughs> I, you, Dad, you want me to? You can if you want. I don't mind. Um, it, are you, how far are you throwing me under the bus? <laughs> When did you see me cry? I think there's one particular moment that I remember when you got your visa to move to uh, Australia. Fuck. That's we were in the car. I was driving. We were going home, and you, you were. I got the visa. I got permanent got residency. You got the permanent residency, and, and still crying. thinking about it, it breaks my heart. And every time I think about it, it, breaks my heart. You, you, you were, you were so confused. Confused. I was so fucking confused. I had a fucking girlfriend in Australia. How stupid was I? <laughs> I was like, no offense, Aussies, because you know I love those Aussies. <laughs> I'm joking, but like, <laughs> but like, mad didn't. How old was I? I was twenty then. I was twenty. You would have been twenty. We I was twenty yeah. when I got the visa. But how mad was it? It been two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. Yeah. Because at that point, I was like, I'm leaving my family. I'm that's what to, it was, though. Yeah, that's what it was. I, I was leaving my family. Yeah, I love the girl. I wanted to go there, but I didn't. The, the scariest thing was I didn't know when I was coming back. Do you know what yeah. I mean? What was that like from? You're in the mum and dad's end. Because I know mum and dad would have said things to you that they wouldn't have told me. Well, I backed your decision. Because I said to mum and dad, I said, if you hold him back, he's going to resent us. Yeah. If, we, if we hold you back and say, don't go there, you stupid. You, what, you going to a girl with... What, what, a girl in Australia? No, we could have said it. We could have said yeah. it all. But the point in not saying it was that it was your experience. It was your life. Yeah. And you had to go through that to turn around and say, I want it or I don't. That's your experience. So when mum, the mum was very, very upset. Mum, mum was very, very upset. And I just kept saying, communication is better. We'll yeah. talk to him every day. Like he's there, but he talks to us. We have a relation. We, uh, we, we were thankful that we had a good 
family relationship to be able to keep in communication yeah. while you lived out there. Yeah. And that and we kept that. Yeah, we did. We did. But I'm not going to lie, man. It was so weird when I first went there. Imagine going from fucking this. By the way, we're sitting in my uh, sister's cafe, which was my family's laundrette, laundromat for you guys in America. The property is actually my family's. So I've been coming in and out of here for for how long? We, uh, early 2000s. Yeah, so for a long time. Fuck, that's When mad. we came onto this street, I was... 10 years old yeah so on the street we're at we're in Chapel Market in Angel and um, my dad had an off license my uncles had a shop uh, so we were raised on this street so we were always I still know we still know everyone on this street which is pretty cool it's actually nice doing this podcast here because there's actually so much family mm-hmm. history here it's actually the perfect fucking place to do that um, we've all lived in this property oh shit I, I was staying I was I'm living <laughs> the thing with Turks right and Kurds, what they do is they risk everything, right? They fucking risk everything because they've got nothing to lose because they come from nothing. So when they buy a property like this, they don't think about lifestyle. They think about future things. They think about kids, whatever. Dad's, dad was, he wanted, to, he wanted to create a future for us. So whatever he could financially save then, he could import into a future. Yeah. Hence why he, he would put a struggle. He would live in a tiny ass room. Yeah. Yeah. With my mum. At my mum's expense. Yeah, and I would be sleeping on the sofa upstairs when I came back from like Turkey and stuff. They didn't Remember, expect you to come back though. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. That's what I lived out by then. Yeah, Sinem lived out by them. Sinem was gone. Eighteen, she was at uni at Brunel. Yeah, Brunel, innit? it? Brunel, yeah. How was that? That was nice. It was my only mistake going to Brunel my first time round. I was too Turkish. I what was. Do you mean? I just I had the Turkish mentality and it wasn't it the was temper. My <laughs> <laughs> or was it? Or was it? What no, was it? it was it wasn't the temper. It was I didn't int- I didn't mix enough, integrate enough. It was a bit of fear. It was a bit of the fear of being wrong, wrong, or the fear of not fitting in, possibly. Because I think that's both. normal. Yeah, of course yeah. it's both. Like we come from a like our culture, and, the, and when we grew up, when we're growing up in these massive packs of cousins and families, you're 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 right in what you do. What you do fits them and suits them, and then you take yourself out, and then you plonk yourself into somewhere in Western society, and you're like, oh fuck, how if I say it? that, am I wrong? By the way, can you tell them quickly how many first cousins we have? Seventy-five. There you go. It, See, last time I said it, it was like 60, something, 75. 75. They pop them like there's no tomorrow. Mad. And they've got, grand, we've got, so we've got great cousins. Like they've got grands, our eldest one has got grandchildren, eldest yeah. cousin. Yeah, so my grandma has great, great grandkids. She's seen fourth generation. Mad. I'll be lucky if I saw my next one, bruv. Well, with the, we, we're both childless in nearly in our 30s. So I'm in my 30s, you're not, but you know. Yeah, but I've got one somewhere in the world. <laughs> Probably in Bali. Can you bring <laughs> it to mum and dad so, they, so they've at least got a grandchild? You know what? If I bring it to mum and dad, yeah, they're even going to have a Swedish, Dutch. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. The thing I'm is, joking. the thing is, um, I'm joking. <laughs> it's, not even, it's not even that. Like, bring them all. That's fine. Yeah, we're just, yeah, yeah. We're, the bigger no, the no, family, the better. I know, but I, know. I think there is like, ev- everyone wants, anyway, forget all that. Yeah, let's go back to you at uni. Can you, t- yeah. what were you studying in uni? Because you're not, do- you're actually not doing anything. You're not you implementing daily probably, but like what you're doing now is, nothing to do with what you studied no. right what so, did you study so i did sociology and social anthropology um 
Math, I we, can't spell any of that. <laughs> so we lo- I did, I did um, in my third year, which was my dissertation, I focused on uh, the anthropology of sex, education and religion. So my dissertation was uh, was based on Asian women in their 30s and the sex education they re- re- received in a religious environment from when they were young. And what sort of Asian are we talking? So um, Bangladeshi women in okay. East London, Tower Hamlets to be specific. Okay. So it was their exper- experience of um, their understanding of sex and how that affected their relationships with their partners or where they learned this information from. Was it trustable sources? Was it religious information? And all of that. And if you summarise what you got out of that, how would you summarise that? Unfortunately, similar to our culture, girls girls and guys actually are not taught about the emotional side of relationships because... Or the, or the sexual. Or the sexual, but the you shouldn't be having sex there's all that yeah, shenanigans yeah. so f- before you get to that children are not being taught how to emotionally deal with personal relationships so the backlash is detrimental would you say that is a cultural thing or a religious thing not that it, 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 it was c- cultural it was cultural the literature i read in uh, so i read hadithas i read um I I looked at um, religious literature that current religious uh, professors had written and the idea that a relationship between a man and a woman, even with with, sex after marriage and following the fully rules, it should be equal, it should be... it should be cherished, it should be... it should be full of love and it should be respectful. But I think culturally, there's the, the, the especially in in cultures like ours, unfortunately, yeah. there's a massive alpha male presence in relationships. You're going to do what I say, and it's going to be the only way. Not me. Not you. You're you're definitely an exception. And then what's the other one? You're either mine, or you're the or you're the or you're the dark yeah. you're the dark yeah. soils. That's another one, isn't it? You're either what? mine, or I'm going to fucking kill you. You're the dark fucking soils. Hell. That's actually a way, yeah. like the way they speak. Because a lot of women in countries like Turkey, like I don't want to say Muslim, because I'm going to get fucking done for it. <laughs> Not done for it, but let's like, say well, let's say countries in it, because like the, the the same issue happens in Colombia and stuff that's as well. All I see. It's third world countries with women and men living in poverty. I think this is more of a consistent pattern. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what would you say? What's your angle on that? What What do you? What's your opinion on that? How would you change it? How would you? How uh, do, do you think it's very difficult for someone? For, for example, dad. Yeah. Dad coming from. Uh, I'm giving dad as an example because he's the closest guy that we know that is to a third world country that we know we see. You know, because we've seen mum and dad fucking fight. Do you know what I mean? Any yeah. person that like, I'm not shy to say it like. Like Turkish fights kick off, bro. <laughs> they they kick off. Every every person knows this, you know, because even if it's a matter of like if shit gets really aggressive, um, no one's calling the police because it's like family. <laughs> Do you know what well, you did? You on dad, innit? You called it on dad, innit? Mad. I and I'll do it again. Yeah. I remember. I don't care talking about it, by the way. No, 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 neither do I. It's not yeah. it, it is what it is. I yeah. don't think But do you think that comes from trauma from 
from no, someone it, like dad's perspective that's come from such a fucking environment that is just stre- like living in being raised in Istanbul from like someone like my dad and the reason I'm talking about families but I'm trying to explain it in a way that you guys understand these cultural differences because the society in Turkey the stress poverty um background uh, religious background cultural background whoever the fuck you are who you believe in what gang you're in or whatever all those things that would have happened to dad would have created a level of trauma where he can't express his emotions as probably as chilled as I can now because I've I've actually learned a lot how to control it a bit better whereas dad growing up had a fu- who's going to like no one gave a shit no one gave a shit no right a yeah shit. exactly so so when dad when dad signed up to school do you know how he signed up to school no so when he was about 7 or 8 he wanted to go to school but granddad didn't give a shit and he'd go and sort of so yeah. dad dad did shoe shining when he was younger he um he cleaned cars like he did stuff to sort of support the family because that's what he was taught to do you're old enough you're, you're old enough to go on the street on your own go earn some money and come back yeah. because they lived in poverty this yeah. is what they did there was it was a household of Mum, dad, and what, 10, 11 siblings. Yeah. Like, apparently they used to sleep like. Yeah, like he- head to tail. In, like, head to tail with girls and boys mix. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because they're split into two. There's the older ones who married off and left, and then the, all the younger yeah. ones would, uh, would sleep together, like sleep in the same bed, and they had one room. Yeah. But um, so dad goes to granddad, I want to go to school. He goes, no. So he takes his um, Turkish ID card off, off Nan or wherever it is, and then waits outside of school. And then randomly asks passers-by and says, can you pretend to be my father? I want to sign up to school. Oh, my fucking and then, days. Yeah, this is primary school, by the way. This is primary school. And he takes a, like a random person in and then he they pretend to be, whoever this passerby is, pretends to be granddad and they sign him up to school. So dad, at the age of seven or eight... He wanted to learn. He was a curious man. Uh, so dad, at the age of seven, yeah. gets a, f- a person he doesn't know on the street... Yes. To be, be his fake parent. So yes. hold on. Dad gets a stranger on the street at the age of seven to pretend to be his parent so he can get signed up to a school. Yes. Mad. You know yeah. what? I'd definitely get that shit from dad. Yeah. Because I'd do mad. I'd do stuff like that. I'd definitely get that from but So dad must curiosity. have been really. He must have had it in his blood to be like ambitious and he like didn't accept what was given to him. He wanted something better and he went out and got it. Okay. And I can say the same thing for that man today. Yeah, he doesn't accept what's given. He goes, he knows he can do better, and he'll strive and get it. And that's where we get it from. Yeah, we yeah. do. We, the, we see the limits, but we're limitless as well yeah, at the yeah, same yeah. time. Yeah, it's kind of scary though, isn't it? The way Dad does it, he's like he just risks fucking everything. Oh, d- but hence why I guess he made the move to. Because if you think about it, like if you were to move to a country, yeah, and anyone that's listening, if you move to a country, majority of people from here, you'll be like, even me, if I'm moving to a country, I'm going to Australia, English speaking, I'll go America. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm going to fucking Pakistan. You know what I mean? <laughs> it doesn't happen. No. Like, uh, what? yeah, I'll learn Pakistani. No, I'm not, brother. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to learn that. That's a long. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's almost crazy to go into a country at the age of, they came when they were 27. Dad was 27, 28 or something. You know mum's older than dad, right? I know mum's older, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but dad was like 27 or something? No, dad was... Younger. Yeah, would have been... So he, he was 22 when I was born, so it would have been 24, 25. 24, 25, and then he would have... Yeah, so he would have... Yeah, no English at all. Oh, no, no English whatsoever. So when so what I remember back from the 90s, from when you were born, is they had, um, they had these Turkish communities, right? And they would... So they would talk to if if one of them found out something, 
So there'd be this one person that spoke English who'd been here before that would translate for these, like translate for everyone. Yeah. But back then the government was very different as well. They had. They let everyone in. (laughs) 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 It's true. Government is harder to get in. But there was no visa. There was no visa from Turkey. Two weeks after we got here, visa began from Turkey to here. We got here two weeks before. They must have seen a whole flood come in. So did mum, you guys just jump on a plane and be like, we ain't got a passport? But don't forget, mum was was a civil servant. Mum had a green passport. So she was, she could whip it out and take it anywhere. Oh, but you and dad didn't. We and dad didn't. So when you landed. We didn't have a visa. When we landed, they're like, what are you doing here? <laughs> so no, dad Dad, dad basically said, because he's a political refugee, so he's got the political background, so it was his political background that brought him here as well. Yeah. So he goes, um, we're, here to, we're here to migrate, we want to put an asylum in, and they do that, back then they do that at the border, and then before, now they detain them, I think, and I yeah. did detain asylums, but back then they just go, okay, Chuck give us the address. Chuck in Haringey. <laughs> <laughs> we ended up going to Tottenham, actually. Yeah, Tottenham, yeah. yeah. Yep, you migrating, seeking asylum, Turk, Tottenham. <laughs> it's true, though, isn't it? Yeah. Tottenham, and then... Wait, before we move on, though, yeah, yeah. about that plane ride, do you know what happened, apparently, when the plane landed? No. It got disinfected with the people in it. We weren't allowed to get off that plane without it being disinfected. That's what mum says and said they were sprayed until they walked off. Yeah. Not to them, but to everyone. Everyone, everyone. It was from a third world country. And back then, apparently, it was the thing to disinfect the planes. Like, even, listen, if you were, if you did that now, COVID, yeah, whatever, bullshit. But if you're. COVID 89. (laughs) (laughs) If you're coming from a third world country and you're in poverty and you step foot, English, like, Britain was big. Britain was powerful then. It still is in the world, right? But then. You sort of step in, you feel property, you're a refugee, you've left everyone and everything but fine, and you step into, you step, you come in through my door here, and I go, hold on one second, and I get a disinfectant out, and I spray yeah, you. Yeah. You're just, well, how does that make you feel? Yeah, it makes yeah. you feel weaker, it makes you feel yeah. powerless, or in dad's case, it angers him to do, and says, I'm yeah. going to fucking prove myself, and then go yeah. out and get shit. <laughs> yeah. like it, has, it has two which, diverse effects. Which actually is, it shows the sort of personality you are. You're either a fucking fighter, yeah. or... A snowflake. A what? What do you say? A lover. Nah, but you can be loving and a fighter as well because someone yeah. that loves fights, right? Because like th- their purpose. So dad's fight would have been for a purpose. Yeah. And the purpose, if he had no purpose, then um, there's no... A man is nothing without purpose. Hence why so many people struggle with mental health right now. That's why dad can't sit still. My dad, people can't sit Mm -hmm. still and men struggle with mental health because they can't find a purpose. Because they have no purpose, they have no why. Because they have no why, they have nothing to work for. Therefore, when you wake up and you're like, what am I doing? I've got nothing to fucking work for. You're like, what's the fucking point? Next thing you know, you've got anxiety. Do you know what I mean? Hence why goal setting and trying to achieve something. You're better off living a life not achieving anything but having hope. Yeah then not trying to achieve anything at all and just fucking sitting down and doing nothing. Do you know what I mean? Do you know there's a study in... Cartel, in 2021. There's a study in Russia that this is this is when I was in college, so this I don't even know when the study would have been, but there's a study in Russia amongst the amongst rich Russian um, children. Their suicide levels are so high, and the only reason was, and the associated reason was, that they had they were, they had everything that they need, and because their life was so aimless and they had nothing to achieve for, is that they were pushed into the a, a bad mental state where they took their lives. I'm not gonna lie, I'm so thankful mum and dad were not rich. 
Yeah, I'm so thankful for that. I actually feel sorry for kids that are born into money. I'm sorry to say this, but I actually do. Unless the parents are really smart. And I'm not, I don't feel sorry for them because every person's like, I want the best for my kids and all this shit. But although I don't have kids yet and parents can tell me to fuck off, which they probably will. But the truth is, that's, I think, how people become weak when you give too much. Do you know what I mean? If, But the, can you imagine the personal pressure that our parents put on themselves to give too much as well? That in itself is a problem. What like, you if you think that you have to give your child the world and you go out of your way and you do everything you can to give the... You give a, I, as a teacher, would say to parents, you are important in this relationship too. Like, Are you doing this for your child but getting time to relax? Are you doing this but are you... In, are you getting... Don't forget that you have to rest. You have to have your fun time. Don't yeah. be so hard on yourself. Yeah. But there's a lot of parents out there that try to fit in to parent norms that, again, like any other pressure yeah. is a pressure. And I saw this as a teacher. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? How long were you a teacher for? 12 years. Yeah. So you saw a lot of that. Yeah, I saw yeah. a lot of it. I worked in private schools. That was fun. Fuck that. In Turkey. Not not here, but That's in Turkey. That's even worse. Oh. Imagine fun. dealing with parents that pay for a fucking school in Turkey. Oh. They'd think they're your boss. Majority did, yes. Yeah, that's mad. That's mad. I could not be. I could not deal with that. No, it's 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 uncomfortable conversations, and there's a lot of there's it's a power relationship, and whoever whoever hands you money, yeah. you're in a power relationship with right. them from the person who's giving and receiving. When I breed one giving day, receiving, but you know what? <laughs> giving, receiving, <laughs> friends, receiving. <laughs> Giving, <laughs> Joey. There's love. There's receiving. <laughs> Do you know they're doing a reunion? Yes, I know. That's I'm very out. excited. That's fucking yeah. exciting. I want to watch that. But um, what was I saying? We were saying that last bit. What did you say? Oh, um, parents being under pressure, like the pit, like the pressure of them and trying to give their children everything. Yeah, that's okay. what I said last. Oh, okay, fuck. You lost your thought. <laughs> I lost my thought. I got so excited about the friends um, reunion. I lost my thought. Can we watch that, that together? Yeah, we can watch that together. All good. How does it feel? Do you feel like I don't spend enough time with you? Um, yeah. Edit that out. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Loving brother. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> no. Loving fair, is fair. different. Yeah, yeah, fair. Do you see my point though sometimes when I when I can't? Yes, of course I do. Of course I do. Yeah. But then I blow a tantrum and turn around and go, you should be supporting me in some things. But then yeah, that's your enough. lack of time that you can't. Do you see what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think it's hard. I think being there for like, I think um, one thing I've noticed is like um, becoming more hashtag hippie there and like trying to become more present, you know? And I know you're going to take the piss out of that because I used to take the piss out of you when you used to meditate. It's it's what is you said, what was it you said the other day? Feel, feel yourself in the present. I did not say feel yourself no, in the present. No, you said, what I'm did not you Russell say? Brand. I did not fucking say that. Feel yourself in the present. That sounds like you a said fucking orgasm. Similar. No, <laughs> I didn't say that. What I would have said is like, then that was a pretty focus. Orgasm, <laughs> focus, like focus to be present. Or something. And you called me. Yeah, going, find your. Sp- and I was like, if. You called me. You called me. Yes. Tell him what you said. And I said, if I'd had said that years and years ago, you would have cast me down. Yeah, but you know what? I'm telling you now, yeah. Yeah. I get it, but I get it because I also think people that think they get it, I still don't think they get it. <laughs> and the reason I say this is because vegans, hippies, I'm sorry, relax vegan over there, calm down, 
calm down. Our favourite vegan. Yeah. Um, anyone that does anything to extremes is usually the people that create a cult behind them. Therefore, Sense they're, of belonging. Yes. Therefore, they're in the eye for that sector of whatever it is. For example, when you say vegan, I think of that documentary on Netflix. Like, yeah. like I think about fucking propaganda. I'm like, no, I don't believe anything. That's too extreme. But if there was a way that documentary was made in a way that was suitable for me, t- for it to be more relatable to me, like, for example, the David Attenborough, um, Attenborough, yeah. Attenborough, 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 the documentary that he did about animals and stuff saying how we need to just like reduce. I was like, you know what? Fair play, big man. I'm going to listen to you. I hear yeah. that. Because he explained it in a way that wasn't, too aggressive and the reason I'm saying this he explained this, it in a way that didn't belittle the world that didn't believe him he explained exactly. it in a way that said he explained it in a way that said this is what I feel is for the world yeah, this exactly. is what we factually yeah. see that the world needs yeah. and you respected that guy so not like fucking you met this dickhead that's just become a vegan after watching a week later after they watched a documentary you're having a cheeseburger and they're like oh my god are you really having a fucking cheeseburger and I'm like shut the fuck up bruv you've literally become a vegan a week ago about yeah. a week ago and then like you're telling me you don't even know anything about the actual topic hence why it brings me to the point of where anyone in my eyes that I saw in like Bali and stuff or the meditators I'd be dancing around like this and shit like the, like the crazy ones that don't shave their armpits and that you know them ones le bush <laughs> let the bush grow <laughs> all of that stuff and I was like well no I'm not listening to you mate because you're not fucking relate, and you're not getting it but one of my friends, Charles, in Australia, I've known him for years. I trusted him. I did psychedelics, you probably know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and um, I got to a depth that I can understand certain things. And now my goal is to actually make meditation cool because now I really believe that it can genuinely help people so much. But Do you isn't know I mean? meditation personal anyway? It, well, yeah, it should be. The experience in itself is your experience in yes. itself. You tear it, you talk about it. It's but it's hard to express exactly what happens. Yeah, so so you, so you, when people do it, they experience themselves and they believe it themselves kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. But, but the, th- the thing is as well, like, it's made me think of like the times when like, you know, granddad, like he would just, obviously granddad, uh, mum's dad, yep. didn't have no phone or nothing, you know. He would just plant trees. Yeah. sit on a mountain or a hill and just look out or just walk, smoke yeah. a cigarette. He probably lived so long because his mind was at peace for 90, how many years? When did he die? 96. 96. Do you know he didn't he leave his house sh- for three years at the end of his life? Because every time someone said, come granddad, let's take you somewhere. Or come, let's go to the end of the road. No, no, if I die, I'm going to die in this garden. Yeah, because he fucking likes his routine. He likes his plants, his trees. You know, he read up until that age. Yeah, I know. Like, read, he listened, he, died, he, he laughed at his That's what I'm jokes. saying. Like, he's, he, was, he was actually a meditator. He's yeah. this, because I think what, what's happening now... He was also a, forced to meditation a bit because he was deaf as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, oi. <laughs> 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 That's probably a fair point. And what a way to fucking meditate. Yeah. Forcing to uh, meditate. But... What I'm trying to say is there was no distractions for him. No. Right? And people, He avoided them. 
Yeah, he he did. He did he well. Did he did well to avoid them, yeah. right? That's right. And I feel like we struggled to do that. He I didn't like apologise. If everyone was sitting in a living room and all the cousins had got together and it was too too loud for him and he wouldn't be rude, he wouldn't say anything. He'd put on his jacket, just slightly on the shoulder, look around and then walk out the door. Walk out. He wouldn't say bye. He wouldn't apologise. He didn't apologise for being himself, ever. Yeah. And then, But he wasn't unkind to anyone. He wasn't rude to yeah. anyone. He laughed at his own jokes a bit too much, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do that as well, <laughs> to be fair. Do you feel like not enough people do that in today? Because I feel like we get triggered so quickly. We... Any sort of topic that we get, that... When Which I lived I'm in Turkey, yeah. right, I think this is also a British thing as well. So I, I like it. Because we got both, haven't we? We've got both. We've got both. We're All bilingual. our families, our generation. So we've got both and we've got the language and, and we speak in both languages. So so we've got like a, a you've got like the cultural perspective of everything, everything as well. Mm-hmm. And because of mum and dad, it's in, like we grew up in it. So some guy goes to me in Turkey, something happened and I went, oh, sorry, sorry. Like it was a door. Turkish guy. Turkish guy. Yeah, door yeah. bash. And it was, it was a decent, it was a polite guy. And he turned around and went, why did you just apologise? I, I, I was being polite. He went, but there was no reason. <laughs> he went, don't. He went, be careful. He goes, because at one point they'll think you're apologising for existing. Raw. Yeah, the guy said that to me, Raw. and it was the first time I looked That's at him. That's mad, you know. I'm yeah. using that one way. <laughs> and I looked at him, and I went. Is that how it's perceived here? And he went, yeah. I went, I got raised in London. And I said, it's a polite thing to do. He went, but be careful with it. Never saw the guy again. Mad. Yeah, I know. Now thousands of people are going to listen to what that guy said. That's yeah. mad, you know. Yes, he said I it like pretty that. well. I like that. That's mad. Mm. That's so true. The Germans are like that. Yeah. Do I you want to come out to lunch? No. <laughs> Do you, you want to come to the cinema? No. Because so many people nowadays are like, oh, yeah. Uh, you're trying to think of an excuse when you don't even want to go, bruv. No. It's mad. No, I'm, I'm not coming. No. I think it's also, it comes from, it, it does come from a bit of, it does come from a place of confidence to turn around and say, yeah, that's not really my thing. Yeah. You go have fun. I'll see you guys in two hours. But I've been doing that from a very young age. Like, I've been doing that from secondary school. I used to go and hang around with whoever I wanted. Yeah, I know. With whoever, whichever circle I wanted. Yeah, I know. Or I'd go home for lunch. I didn't give a shit. But um, Did that ever become a problem? Going home for lunch. Like being lonely. <laughs> you, hey, actually, that reminded me. You were... A, a lad. <laughs> in school, you got into a lot of trouble, innit? Yes. A lot. Like? A lot. <laughs> See them you scared. See them. We can send them this, yeah. Go on. I swear you used to sell cigarettes to the teachers. Oh no, not to the teachers. Teachers would ask me for cigarettes. <laughs> Sorry, Fred, if you're listening. But um, <laughs> oh god. Um, so two two teachers they needed a fag, and I was in class, and they sort of came to the window and went like this. I went what? And went, what the, what the, what How old were you? Fifteen, sixteen. I was in year ten, fourteen. Oh <laughs> my days! Like, and I was looking at them, and I was like, "Come, what's going on?" And then. Um, Sorry, Miss Bagshaw, don't ever tell him off for this. We're old enough now. But so I said, come, come, come. And then um, I went, and as I went to the door, they went, no, go back and get your bag. By the way, why do you just apologise to Miss Bagshaw? Because I feel really guilty that it was their <laughs> boss. And as a teacher myself, I feel a little bad yeah, yeah, for grasping on. a teacher up. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so I was like, come, come, come. So I was like, walked, and so I was like, go, go went and got my bag. And they went, oh, give us a fag. And I went, what? <laughs> they literally went, go get your bag. Got my bag. And they went, give us a fag. And I went, Eve. They were like, no. Did you ask for anything back? Yeah, I said, I hope my, I said, I hope my course back, coursework is going to come back with an A. <laughs> did it? <laughs> it did. Yes. <laughs> that is a deal and a half. That is sick. 
Oh, that is wicked. She would like they they were lovely teachers. Like there were teachers I had banter with. Yeah, like, yeah, they, yeah, it was good. And in a school like that, if you didn't have banter with children, oh my god, yeah. you, you you suffered as a teacher. Yeah, because East London and everyone in our school had that attitude. Oh my god. Every like if you couldn't handle that sort of thing in East London, then as a teacher or a sub, imagine the subs. Fucking the subs got it when I was in my year. Oh, don't. They got it hard, man. I made a substitute teacher cry because she couldn't say my name right. What happened? Oh my days! So she kept going, Sinem, and I kept going, Sinem, 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 and every time she tried to say my name, I just used to go Sinem, and then at one point she got so like, and it was my worked up, so worked up, and it was powder off your soap for a the hierarchy in the class, Sinem cartel, Sinem. Do you know it was my? It was literally my face. You're gonna get that right. Yeah, I don't. I'm not gonna lie. That face is like. It does haunt me. Do you want to give it to the camera quickly? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. It, it, it is actually like pretty tough. Like, it, it, but she was. She just started crying, and then good old Dutchy came and missed. Have you ever met? Was yeah, he yeah. there? And Mr. Dutch came in and he turned around and went cinema out and I was like okay yeah but see <laughs> it's mad because you used to listen to the teachers that you can relate to because they, they your job yeah but they, as a teacher there you go because they people communication is so important the way you talk to a certain individual is so important because that's how they listen to you that's why I love like coaching it's fun for me to like talk to someone differently compared to how I'll talk to someone else because it's that's yeah, how, it's how teachers, you get a message across right right as teachers you're told to be the example, right? Yeah. So you set examples. I worked with young children. You're being polite. Your vocabulary, your this, your, your te- you're setting examples. Yeah. Um, Is it kicking off outside? Oh, no. But just to <laughs> respect. Yeah, go on. Like, just to respect. If it's kicking off, record it. <laughs> Viral. <laughs> yeah, go on. Just to sort of, um, like, Dutchy always had my respect, but he was the one teacher that would always tell me off for anything. He would literally turn up to a fight. There'd be two other people fighting, and he'd look at me and go, it's the shocker that you're here. No. Yeah. And I'd go, oh, I just, I literally just walk past. Yeah, and yeah. he'll go, I'll see you in my office later. And he'd walk off. And I'd literally go to his office, because I respected the guy. I never wanted to disrupt yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'd go, what do you know? I'd go, nothing. He told me to apologise. Stitches get stitches. Oh, my God. He told me <laughs> to apologise, right? To this, to this one girl who was being so unkind to me, she'd pulled my hair. A fight happened. I fought her. Oh God, it was it was Did a nasty. I'm not going to go into that. So <laughs> it was a nasty <laughs> fight, right? And then he went apologized to her. I went no, and he went why? I said she said she wished that I like I got stuck under a bus. Oh. I didn't give. I didn't grant her that wish. So I'm not going to apologize. I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And then what I did he say? He excluded me for two days. <laughs> 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 oh, that's sick. But yeah. How many times did you get excluded? That was the only time, you know. Really? No, actually, that wasn't the only time. I said um, a remember teacher... Remember that time that I dragged you out of school? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Oi. I, I accidentally snitched by I didn't leave. I didn't leave the school. I said, I'm not leaving. Dad, came, Dad we had a family situation. <laughs> it was a big emergency. Uh, involving me? Involving Sinem. My dad went, get in a car to me. Oh. We got in a car. Um, drove to the school. My dad knocked on the school door. They were mm-hmm. like, "Yes." What? He drove the car all the way up to the entrance. Blocked <laughs> <laughs> the exit. <laughs> Scared the teachers. Yeah. <laughs> but see what I mean when like certain people can't control their emotions. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that and that comes from being in a uh, an environment that is always what's the word. 
not suppressed, but conditioned. <sighs> like conditioned a certain way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So somewhere like the UK, that response is very like aggressive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So what happened then? I said I ain't leaving. It wasn't about the teachers. It was about me and him. I said, I ain't going That's anywhere. how I know you're like dad. You know why? Because I would have just said, all right, cool, dad. Let's just take this outside. And then like, but no. you're like, no. <laughs> I said, <laughs> no, I said, I said, I turned around and went, I said to the teacher, I said, you're going to send me home with a man that just did that. <laughs> I said, that's on you. I said that to the head teacher then. I said, that's on you. No I way. said, I'm not leaving this building. And I said, you can't make me. No and way. I, I put them into a position to call the social services. The social services didn't do anything. I sat there till about 8 p.m., I think it was. And oh then I was days. like, okay, I'm going home. People are getting bored. You got really? boring. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> but um, I didn't get in the car. That's so funny. You're like dad, you know. Yeah, he said. Don't get offended. Don't buy it. <laughs> huh? I'm like my mum. More like my mum. But those, those roles are changing. Yeah, I've got, no, I've got bits of dad. I've got bits of yeah. mum as well. But. I think I've got, I've definitely got mum's discipline. You've got mum's discipline. Mum's discipline, fucking person. She's mm-hmm. probably she's mo- she's. I've never ever heard my mum complain about doing a task. No, never. I'll be like, like I wouldn't even say this. I'd be like, oh, I'm thirsty. Like I wouldn't say, Mum, can you get me water? Oh, I'm really thirsty. I need to drink more water. Bang, water's there. <laughs> like there's no hesitation into getting up and getting something. Do you no. know what I mean? No, so, no. and it just, that sort of discipline. Just get it done and stop moaning about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. That's the way just go, go get well, it done. Were you saying that to yourself? Or? No, no, see. <laughs> no, yeah. but that comes in, that comes in. A lot yeah. of the things that stop me from doing what I want to do is, is, is a personal issue that I have with myself. It's not that that isn't embedded. God, yeah. she nagged me. One of your personal issues. Yeah. <laughs> is... If we were going to say that's one of them and then listen. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no. When I mean personal, I mean yeah, like no, no. PCOS. Oh, yes. Ain't that a bitch? Oh, it's a con. Do you want to... A lot of a lot of women that are going to listen to this, they're going to... They're going to very... They're going to relate to this. I think a lot of women suffer from PCOS and I think with each individual, it can be so complex and so different. Do you know what the bitch of it is? It's because it's a, it's a symptomatic sort of... It's not a. It's not an illness that they turn around and go. Let's solve it so you can live. Yeah. You live with it. You forget it's because you don't die from it. No, like, you forget it's there. You turn around and go. Oh, let me go out and have a nice night. Out, have a few pints, this and that. And you wake up in the morning and you go, oh fuck, because you forget it. It doesn't. It's not. It isn't. It like other than your appearance and your weight, like you have remembrance of it. But if it's not something that stops you from living your life, yeah, or until up to a certain point. And then it can have a negative effect if you Massively. don't look after it. But then you also have to dedicate pretty much your whole entire life to reverse the symptoms. So it's it's like a it's like the unseen battle that you have with yourself constantly to remember it's there. When did you know you had it? Fourteen. Fuck. Yeah. I've had, I've known for years. I was put on metformin when I was sixteen. Is that right? Yeah. No, as in like that shouldn't happen at sixteen. Well, d- don't you remember? I was so overweight and then I went skinny all of a sudden. Yeah, but oh, I wouldn't. I was too you were, young. And so I you would have been 11. If I had my knowledge now when I had like a of younger course. sister, it of would be course. like it a matter of... Because at that time when we... But no when one When Andy anything. was doing your Do nutrition you know I and I was doing your training, you like... That was your best shape ever because you were weight but training. I still wasn't happy, you know? This is what me and Andy were talking about the other day. I still wasn't happy. Why? Because it wasn't... It didn't feel like me. Like it didn't feel. I, d- I know that sounds 
dramatic, but it just felt like I had to do too much to be... To manage it. To manage it, to be just... To be a bit of what I wanted to look like. Do you think... The sacrifice was a lot. Do you think the too much was only felt like too much because you compared yourself to someone that didn't have to do that to be in the shape they're in? Someone genetically a little bit more blessed when it comes to weight. Someone like her. Yes. She's going to be tall and skinny. We've seen her mother. Yes. Well, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what Nan said? What? So before Nan, before Nan had the stroke and she could speak, I used to talk to her about it. So she's had nine children, the last set twins, Oof. all two years apart. And yeah. she had her first. So she said to me, I said, Nan, this is what's happening with me. Did you have this? Because mum doesn't have it. Like I've spoken yeah. to mum. And Nan went, don't know. I fell pregnant dry. And I went, what, what does do that mean? mean? She went, she never had a period, but there's two years between each child. So she... So she never had a period in between her pregnancies. What? So, yeah. So, like, I didn't... So her first initial... Pre- she, she never had the period. She got married at 14 with granddad. Right, granddad had them strong swimmers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they possibly did it frequently oh as well. Oh, my God. To get it. But um, she basically, her first period, she fell pregnant with mum's older sister who died. And then mum came. Shit. Yeah. That's mad. Yeah, so she said that there's two. And then in terms of frame-wise, anger-wise, if you if you remember, like, grandma's old habits, yeah, I know. I'm pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bites at everything. Yes. What was it she said? Hera, hera. Yeah, she's fucking... She was on it. What? Yeah. So how is the PCOS affecting you now? Like, in a sense of... Because at the minute, you're trying to achieve something. You and me yes. had a bit of a talk a few weeks ago. A yep. month ago, about a month ago, when I was in Australia, 20 days. huh? Twenty days. Was it twenty days? I've twenty days. I've started doing the whole workout thing, but yeah. is and that a conversation you're talking about? Yeah, you put a shift on it. Yeah, because you're kind of sick of it, and you're oh, sick of it draining your fucking energy, right? Yes. And I'm sure a lot of people are as well. And how are you managing? How are you feeling after training a little bit more? Because well, your training could be better in the sense as like not before what you're doing now, but in the sense as. Yeah, you love running, I'll do a bit of here, I'll run, and I love running during, uh, for weight loss and all that stuff. But in hindsight, that doesn't really help much, has it? No. Like, compared to how you're feeling doing weight training now, going into the gym, how are you feeling compared to, say, 21 days ago? Oh, you want to know the difference between 21 days ago? Like, yeah, how are you feeling? Right. Um, it felt, so twenty. So that morning when I called you, Yeah. Um, it was all too much. Yeah, it was all too much. It was. I didn't know whether you didn't know what to do. You didn't know who to trust, or well, you can't trust anyone because everyone says something. Yeah, and do you know what I mean? Like it's also monitoring your own body and getting to know yourself as well. But then when uh, when experts speak, you you put your trust in them, yeah. and then who? And then you? the experts don't know you like you know you. Yeah, so they don't know your body. Like if if I if I gave you a track record of what my body's been doing over the ten years, we can sit down and compare the records. And do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I do that best because it's my body. But yeah. so about twenty one days ago, like twenty days ago, when we had this conversation, the p- it, it's it's the bottom of the bottom, and then you're you're you felt shit. No, I didn't know what to dislike most. Did I, do I dislike myself or do I dislike the world for putting me in a position like that? You go into this spiral, this shitty spiral. But the root of the spiral is 
that it stems from you. And then um, the video I put up of me when I lived in Turkey, I hated myself then. And I looked at that and I went, I hated myself then. And when I put those two pictures together now, it's not what I see, it's here. Yeah. Like, it's in my mind. It's not... It's not what's, it's not, it's not what's, I've just conditioned myself to dislike myself. And because we're struggling with polycystic ovaries for so long, it's become habitual to quickly blame myself. Yeah. And blame my body. And then blaming is easier than doing. So you stick to blaming longer than you should. And by the, and you eat more, you comfort eat, you drink more, you try to forget, you do the things that make you forget. And it's a circle of that repeating itself. Yeah, just sitting in front of the TV, staring at the screen is a lot fucking easier than trying to read a, read a something that's going to that's going to make me get up earlier in the next morning or going into bed and reading a book. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. What? When would you say you felt your best? Because this is... I get a lot of this with my clients. A lot of people feel like this and I think it's important Honestly? that people like talk about it more because it's, um, it's, it's tough because even like when... It's such an individual thing where it's a matter of trial and error. Yes. You know? And uh, the key thing, the one of the most important things is that people, they need to stop comparing themselves and their situations to other people. And yes. you naturally do. It's a fucking, it's normal to do that. You can't, you can't not do that. But you've got to stay conscious of what your needs are. Yeah. That's the, that's the, that's what I do. If I, if I weigh myself every day, I don't let myself get pissed off at my weight every day because I turn around and say this isn't the overall image like I say yeah. to myself consciously yeah. my go on this is a conversation me and mum had the other day yeah and when I was talking to her, talk, talking to her about starting to the gym the conversation we'd had she turned around and went and it's true this is when I felt my best she goes what happened to, to that 14 year old chubby girl that got her belly button pierced <laughs> she was so confident yeah, that's she the went, point. Yeah. You should have had, you need that confidence now. And and I thought, do you know what? That is the best I ever felt. Like I was, I was, it didn't matter. You'd remember me then. It was, didn't matter. I was, it was me. I had like my blue eyeliner. I'd wear my cap trackies and have my belly out with a piercing. That was it. Yeah. Fine. The world was mine. But I think from there, it became so since that, so after that, it took. Society made you feel that you need to look a certain way? Because a lot a of lot people, of, yes, a it's lot a lot of everything. Yes, so you've yeah. got, you've got, so you, at then you're, you're, you're raw. Instagram, yes. fucking swipe down, Kardashian. Oh yeah, all back these then it's magazines. Like, do you, did you feel that pressure? It wasn't a pressure of wanting to be like someone else for me, but it was, what's wrong with me? Yeah. How am I going to solve it? If I'm, I'm, am I doing the right thing? And then. Keto wasn't a thing then, but you had your you had your exercises in magazines that you had to do. He, he, like yeah, you had yeah. to do the training and yeah, stuff like being popular at that time. Yeah, yeah, do ten ten skipping. Like back <coughs> then, it was very what now it seems like very like when you see an eighties movie of them doing the aerobics. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. when I think about it, Mr. it looks, and that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks a bit like that, but in the early two yeah, thousands. Yeah, yeah. But um, with it just felt I was never getting it right. And that's when I lost confidence in myself. I think this is a very common problem. And I think the major problem is the lack of education when it comes to fitness and nutrition growing up. Because you, you've got both hits. You got hit from genetically, 
in the mm-hmm. sense of because even me, I was chubby. I'm always kind of bit. I always have to be careful to maintain like in good. But shape you got disciplined with football because okay. dads took you to football yeah. every week. Do you but know I've what? always been. I've always had that discipline. I didn't yes. like going football at first. Remember. Yeah. I used to, on Saturdays, I used to want, watch, like, I loved playing football when I got there, but at first, Dad, I remember, like, I'd watch Cartoon Network, and Dad ripped it out one day, do you remember? I don't actually, Yeah, Dad fucking, probably at work. Yeah, Dad, like, took it from the TV, he was like, he fucking took it off, he couldn't stand me sitting in front of the TV watching it all day, innit? Yeah. So he flipped, that's what you should do with your kids and iPads. <laughs> do you know, but anyway, so what I was trying to say is, lack of education, lack of knowledge at that time, yeah, and it's not like mum and dad don't know what fucking PCOS is. No, like they don't know what that is. Do you know what I mean? No. Majority of people in their generation, Do you know what they that just says accept when I fate. talk about my hormones. What? Okay, it's, 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 it's your hormone issue. It, it, it's okay, dad. This is how it's your hormone issue. He doesn't know what to he say. He doesn't know what to say because he doesn't he, do, know. he doesn't know. Do you know what I mean? And but I tell him. Yeah, you tell him. <laughs> of course I do. But yeah, yeah. But then this is why it's it's so important for women to be their best scientist yeah. you know track your cycle write what you can learn about your body see what you respond best to collect as much data as you can especially if you've got pcos or whatever because at the end of the day no one's ever going to care about you as much as you they sh- it shouldn't be anyway like if someone's caring more about you than you themselves then there's something wrong with that i don't know but then that's mental health that's the, that's the split of mental health where you're yeah. going, you can't see. And I've been there as well. Yeah. Like where my mental health hasn't been good. Which is why I go crazy sometimes at you. Sometimes it it's a bit too much at times, but sometimes I'm like, you need some tough love. And like, there's been times I've done it too much, probably, because I'm like, I get frustrated because the cinema mum was talking about is the one I always remember. Yeah. So when you sometimes break down and cry, I'm like, bitch, <laughs> what the fuck? This isn't but you, you, blood. But do you know what <laughs> the know heartbreaking what I mean? side of it is? That you know that as well. N- yes, but then the heartbreaking other side of it is that you always appear more stronger than you sometimes are. Yeah. And in the environment that we grew up in, I had to be. Yeah, yeah. Like, with the challenges that I've had. Which with mum and dad. and With mum and dad. We've been outside. Like, I'd have an argument with mum and dad and we'd go out in the street and someone would cuss them about their lack of English. And the first person... Oh. And I'd be the first to get to angry because they don't even have the language to... To hear what they're saying about them. Yes, so and, I yeah. was their transmitter. Yeah. And so I was you were trying to transmit... You were transmitting an emotion to something someone was saying. Because you were young. It wasn't yes. like, yeah. From about the age of six, dad's attitude was placed on me. Because I tell you why. Everything I heard in English, I had to be very careful with the way I represented it. Because that would be what triggers dad off in a positive or a negative yeah. way. So I had to be that Because if you said to dad, someone said, look at this Turkish bastard. Then yeah. dad's response was going to be a madness. So yeah. you would say to dad, like, no, no, he said nothing. And it, yeah. Yeah. And I turn on it doesn't matter, Dad, doesn't matter, Dad. And I'd have to pacify it yeah. because my point of interest at the moment is calming Dad down. Yeah. Because I know that someone's done something wrong towards him over there. Yeah. But Yeah, yeah. So you, you took hits from both sides, which has yeah. affected you in many ways because just like a normal kid, and the reason I'm talking about this is that I yeah, I think it explains um first of all, I think it it helps a lot of my audience understand like kids that are bilingual yes you know because there's struggles that like bilingual kids go through. when i mean struggles like there's positives and stuff because positives is when i travel when i go anywhere 
Hence, James loves traveling with me because fucking he'll be like, I leave dinner for five minutes. He's playing games with the local kids in Indonesia. Do you know what I mean? But he doesn't have that a way of communicating. He does now more because like we've been hanging out. You yeah. learn from each other, right? Yeah. So that communication is something that I had. But when it came to sitting down, filling out a fucking form, I can't fucking do it. Yeah. My mind goes mad. I can't concentrate to fill out a, a basic form in English. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's struggles that bilingual kids have. And from my sister's standpoint, it was, it was, it was really a matter of like um, you translating for mum and dad from the age of... I think the first form that we found that I'd filled out, I was seven. <laughs> That's mad. That's mad. And it's, and it's a it's a government seven it's years a, old. That's yeah. mad, isn't it? It's a government form filled out in kids' writing, and Mum showed it to me. Like uh, this is about five six years ago, and I and I sat down and I actually cried for my six year old self to yeah. do that. Yeah. Like if you think that we're dyslexic as well, that in itself is a trouble. Yeah, like yeah, writing yeah. in itself is a trouble. And then you're sitting there, and and then you can imagine the situation. Who do you please? Do, do you you want to please yeah. your mum and dad? Your and I work with six year olds. As a kid, you're very innocent. So yes. therefore, you have to be very honest. But dad would be like, no, nah, no, nah, don't write that. No, it's not even that. <laughs> what I meant is, no, as a six-year-old child, like this is, this is a thing. Human, like we innately want to please our parents. And if you're a six-year-old child filling out this very important form and your mum and your dad are there going, have you written that? Have you written that? Yeah. If you can't fucking write and you're having to have to write that, yeah. you want to write. Do you know what I mean? And can you imagine the self-esteem, like the knock on the self-esteem gets? Like that... Maybe other people don't experience it, but that's what I experience. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Which also that doesn't allow you to, you become very strong in certain aspects, yeah. but then in some aspects... I second-guess myself and always have to depend on someone's opinion yes. because I always have had been the transmitter rather than the individual and making my decisions. And you took that decisions. hit a lot harder than I did, Yes, which gives me the freedom to be able to do this. Do you know when you so were 14? You. <laughs> you know when you were so 14? Thank you. Yeah. With absolute pleasure. Dad turned around and um, Sunday morning, or it was a Saturday morning, you had football on Sunday. Saturday morning, woke up and came out of his bedroom. We were in, we were in East London then. Came out of, yeah, came out of his bedroom. You were sleeping. Went, I want to take him to work. I went, no. You who? Dad went, he was going to take you to work yeah. so you can start working in the off-license as well. Yeah. I went, no. Oh, really? I went, no. I said, and you I worked? Said, yeah, I said, You're, you've done this to me. I said... Um, I don't said, worry, I'm going to share it. <laughs> I don't need I'll it. take you. Thank you, but I don't Private jet one day. one day. One day I promise I take you. <laughs> Tell me someone else. Yeah, I will, I will. But I said to him, I said, like, you've put me through this. I said, you don't need to do it to him. Yeah. I said, and he is, and I literally went, I said, he's too young. Do you remember when I came to your birthday, and your 17th birthday, and I, and I surprised you, and I turned around and went, In you're Istanbul? Too, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I said, you're too young to spend your 17th birthday alone. Yeah. I do you remember, remember that? that now? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, and I said to dad then. That I was said, when I was in Besiktas yeah, in Turkey, yeah, yeah, in Istanbul. Yeah. They wrapped me up completely and I brought the cake. Oh, <laughs> God fucking fuck. Up. That's mad. Yeah. That's so good having you on the podcast. I forget so many things. Yeah. And I said, and I said like, when mum and dad was like, oh, he's going to be on his own. It's his 17th birthday. He's so young. And uh, you are six years younger than me. Like, you think, like, sometimes you're like a, you're a strong man. Like, you're, you're what, 29 now? Yeah. You're a strong man. You're, you are a man. But do you know where, where parents turn around and go, oh, I remember you as a baby. You were the baby I'd dress up when we were young. There's six years between us. There's pictures of me carrying you. I remember carrying you around and trying to feed you. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. They, it, it sticks with you. You're not that So there's anymore. always going to be that, um, 
nurturing element that I, that the age sort of brings as well a little bit. Of course, yeah. So, got a lot of... Um, uh, I put out on my Insta earlier, I don't know if you saw... The stories. Yeah, if anyone yeah. wants to ask yeah. questions, like, for you, for us, for the podcast. Go on. Because I thought people like people like to hear domestics. <laughs> like, they like to hear, like, family stuff, you know? And I think it gives a good indication of, like, I guess where I'm from. And you learn lessons from stories and stuff, you know? So, and let's see them. what a bit of uh, questions. <laughs> oh, God, go uh, on. Okay, this one. Sinem, are you an extrovert like Darren? Yes. Yeah. Completely. Well, I there's there's points that there's things that I'm an introvert with, like my self esteem stuff is all mine. No one like people who meet me wouldn't even think that I have my own concerns or troubles or commonness issues. But sometimes I think I don't know, maybe that's my front fuck knows, but yeah, definitely yeah. an extrovert. How did her and your family cope when you were going through a hard time in Australia? Very, very difficultly. Was it? Oh, so difficult. Really? You were so far away. We couldn't... I was at work. I was going out at lunchtime, speaking to you on the phone, having my lunch on the street in the middle of January so you didn't feel alone. I know. Uh, you know what was mad? That's why I didn't come home straight away. And you did well. But because we would have encouraged it. Because we, we were sad you for you. We would have encouraged it. You like, come it. home. I was like, I can't. I don't, I don't want anyone to see me like this. Yeah, but that's because we were being protective of yeah, you. I know, it I wasn't know. Because know. the thing was... But you know was, what? It was very... That's why it was so nice to have uh, James Shaw there mm -hmm. and James Smith. Because mm -hmm. when me and James Smith went travelling... Because uh, he went through a very tough time at that point Do you point know what mum well. said? Mom, he needs to come back here. Why is he going away? I went, let him. Yeah, I yeah. went, I didn't travel. I said, he's going to travel. And yeah. I said, if, if that's what he wants to do, I said, he's going to do it. And that was when, I, yeah, that was when we went to Bali because he was going through a tough time as well. Mm -hmm. Hence why I think, that's why the relationship I have with Smith is like, we've seen each other out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So when, it's hard for people to relate to that because you go through that moment. Do you know what I mean? People can relate to it, but they can't, they don't know you in that moment. And the person that you experienced that with like, when you went away with James, James, you saw James and James yeah. saw you. James Shaw helped me a lot in the initial bit, but yeah. then me and Smith grew together very like differently because Smith's older than me. He's like three years older than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So he's got a certain level of skill that I never had in the sense of like something as <laughs> sounds mad, but like just being white. <laughs> like, you know, the, when I'm being white. Because you never taught independence. Yeah, as in, yeah. So like- up until that point, yeah, yeah, you had to. I'm gonna say this in the nicest possible way. Yeah, every decision you made either relied on me. I had to confirm your mum, your dad, like yeah, mum and yeah, dad, yeah. or the or your girlfriend. Yeah, you yeah, never yeah. made a sole decision for yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah, and then when you made the decision you made, and it was to go to Bali, I said it's his decision. Yeah, yeah exactly. You had to do it for yeah. yourself, and that's why input from. And that's why I feel amazing now. Yes, because I did that. I yes. wasn't resenting exactly, and that's what you should be doing for you. Get me, not anyone else. Everyone always knows deep inside what the right thing yeah. to do is. That's my theory anyway. You just got to have the courage to find it sometimes. Yes, yeah, 100%. Okay. Um, what were you like as a kid? Little shit or mellow little boy? What was I like? You. Oh, fuck. Right, so... Um, <laughs> hyperactive would never stop. <laughs> And guess who had to chase you when you wouldn't stop? <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, mum, do you remember mum dislocating your arm? Yeah. 
I've got to explain that now. <laughs> so w- I was in class. I would have been in year six. You would have been young. I've gone and sat on the carpet or whatever it was. Yeah. I think I was a little younger maybe. But anyway, I've gone and sat in the carpet and it's a parent thing. So the parents are in there and you've come and sat on the carpet with me. And you've gone, I'm not leaving. And mum's got, we've got to go. And you're like, no, if my sister's in school, I'm going to stay in school. You're such a stubborn ass shit. Mum pulled you and dislocated your <laughs> arm in the process. <laughs> <laughs> and you had to be taken to hospital that day. It's all right now. Your it's elbow. It was your elbow. elbow. It, was elbow. it was your elbow. It was your elbow. Um, right. Couple he was so cute though. <laughs> what are you laughing at? He was so cute. <laughs> you're laughing because you remember me like that as well. Can I say yeah, something? Yeah, as yeah. a child, you were so cute. You were cute too. Yeah. But yeah. that's a different story. <laughs> going. <laughs> Um, what has Sinem learnt from you? What have you learnt from me? Anything learnt from me? To put myself first, yeah. it's something I knew, it's something I practised when I was younger, but since come moving back from Istanbul, so Istanbul was my selfish thing, I moved to Turkey and I did it for myself, but when I came back, there was a few things I had to tidy up here and I quite quickly fell into my parents' routine. It, I, I fell into it and then I forgot because you I feel guilty. Second. You feel guilty. So guilty. You feel guilty. I feel that too sometimes. But I'm much better at... I left. I feel like I've left mum and dad for three... The three years I left out there, I feel like I've left them and I've left them on their own. And it's, it, 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 again, like that thing, being, being their vocabulary, being their language, being their expression, it sticks with you. And that guilt sort of... I, I put myself second. Yeah. So now you just go in. You do you. Yeah. You do you. So I call it's you when dad says something. I'm like, fuck dad, in a nice way. Like, yeah. I hope he's not listening to this. But I'm like, forget what dad's saying. Just do your thing. Do you know, do you know when I say so? Do you know when I, say, when I put my foot down with dad, his attitude and it, the level of respect he has for us as individuals more. is more. Yeah. Because it, he, 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 as if he can't naturally put that boundary up, he will instantly go, Okay, when I moved out, after like the last time I moved out, he turned around and went, who's giving you permission to move out? And I basically turned around, who's asking you? I said, I'm <laughs> telling you. Bro, yeah. Mad. And then he turned around and went, oh my God, you're right. He goes, you don't need us. Yeah. I went, no dad, I don't. I've been yeah. staying there willingly. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. And that boundary was nice. That's pretty I mean? cool though. When it comes oh God, to that, dad's like, when it comes to like, he like likes no offense to like other Turkish dads and stuff, like he's actually pretty real chill. And he adapts well to society. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Compared to... You know he says this is his country. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. I know, he loves them. Britain. Last one. Mm-hmm. For Sinem. What is your favourite way to make filter coffee? Which tools do you use? Ooh. I like um, I like a filter machine. Like I like drip coffee. Drip, drip. Drip, drip. So it's basically you have your pour-overs. I use a filter at home, but you have your pour-overs. You weigh your coffee hot water yeah. and just wait for it to drip and all the goodness just comes out yes. it's quite nice I think that's a great way to end this episode yeah thank you for coming on thank you for having me anyone that wants to find my sister just write my surname it'll come up <laughs> mm. if you want to come to a coffee shop it's in Chapel Market for Chapel Market yep Angel Islington it says laundry outside it says laundry outside it is a <laughs> coffee shop just didn't want to lose that authenticity it's been there for six years it's Lily Allen had that music video here isn't it yeah, she the, with the music video with yeah, when she's swinging her legs on the washing machine, it's in here. Yeah, that's mad. Yeah, Lily Allen. They filmed a bit of Brick Lane in here. Did they? Yeah, yeah. What's Brick Lane? A film. Oh, okay. From a book. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you for coming on. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you subscribe, share with your friends and family.
If you haven't yet, please thank my sponsor, Liron Cartel. No, I'm joking. Take care. Uh, show me a rating. Love, peace, and I'll chat to you soon. Bada boom. <laughs>